Here's something that I know I went through and I would like to hear what this was for you. I know the first time I had even the inkling of an idea to build a side business, I immediately squashed it. It was like stepping on an ant. Like I wanted nothing to do with the idea to germinate my mind because I felt like I am in this great corporate job. They're paying me great money. Life is good. I did not want to give myself permission to think that way. Talk to me about what that was like the first time you even like, we should think this way. What was that moment like for you? It really came down to exposing myself to another way of life uh, that people were living. And once we had the idea to pay off this debt, we like, all right, we picked up jobs, but we knew that our time was limited. So we could work all we want outside of our nine to fives, but our time is limited. So when I had the idea to start a business, it came from listening and hearing people who had nine to fives who also ran successful businesses. So that let me know what was possible. Before we got there, didn't know it was possible because I didn't see anyone doing it, anyone that looked like me doing it. So when the idea first came up, it showed me what was possible. And at that point, we already started our debt-free journey. So it was like, all right, we already doing this. Why not try this as well? And I obviously brought the idea to Janoka and she said no. And it just took more uh, explaining <laughs> and convincing <laughs> to do so. That's, that's where that started from. And I wouldn't yeah. even say that there was a aha moment. It's just been a gradual transition as we um, have learned more about the business. Like he said, we were paying off debt. Then we started um, the business and things like that. So as we learn more, it became gradual for us changing our mindset and changing the way we think about everything because we were just, you know, learning through, learning it together. Yeah. So, you know, one of the interesting things about um, these journeys is that at some point, when you decide to dive in and you decide that, hey, we're, we're doing this thing, you quickly figure out that, OK, um, there's some things that we didn't account for while we thought about this great idea. <laughs> right. We it sounded good. And I thought we covered all the bases before we we started down this jump. Talk to us about some of those things that popped up for you guys that as you got started, you were like, oh, we didn't consider that. Oh, crap. I didn't think about this thing. Oh, wow. This popped up. And what were some of those pieces that you guys had to start to navigate to? Not because you didn't you didn't have a well thought out plan, but because most of the things that you learn, the nuances come after you start. What was for you with those things? Right. For you guys? Um, and to be clear, I don't know that we had a well thought out plan. We had a plan that we knew we were starting a decent plan. <laughs> we have a decent plan. Right. We knew we were starting a business that we neither of us have ever had a business. Um, I think one thing that I could say that none of us accounted for, which is bizarre because I'm a mental therapist, but um, the mental turmoil, the mental part of it that comes with the business, especially since we're a service-based business that deals with a lot of customers. Um, so that part, I don't think either of us thought about having to deal with how one customer can change your whole mood on a vacation or on a Friday night or on a Valentine's Day or whatever it may be. That's not something that either of us thought about when, when thinking about a business. And then I would think uh, the bigger we got, the more eyes, more attention our business got. So mm -hmm. another thing was publication. So our our name is attached. Our name, our face wasn't attached to the business, but our name was on the back end of the business. So anytime mm. our name got publication, the business got publication. And people start kind of poking around and digging into your personal lives at that point. So 
we didn't realize the the bigger we got, the more attention would be drawn to that the, the business side of things. As as obvious as it sounds, our face of that our business brand has nothing to do with our our personal brand. So we didn't realize the two would be correlated at some point. Yeah, was that a deliberate decision to choose? Yeah. Not okay. And why did you make that deliberate decision? And what did that do to your your business as more and more people found out the the faces behind the actual products and service? I don't know. It was deliberate, but what happens is people people are are crazy, if you will. Um, and so sometimes people would just leave reviews, and they've never even used this before. Mm. Um, our services before they would just leave it because whatever. Um, that's wow. something that we face. Yeah. Or people, you know, demanding or just calling our company saying like, is this a real company? Do they really run it? Like, so certain things like that we do face that does come up. So we don't really mention the name of our cleaning business anymore. But if, it was, you, if you decide to look for it, sure. But, but it was very, I would say it was very deliberate when we started. We just knew that there was no need for our faces. I know people start a business like, oh, I want my name and my face to be attached to it. He's like, well, it's just a cleaning business. People don't need to know who own the business. People don't need to know who run the business. They just yeah. need to know they're getting excellent service. They know that if they have a problem, they have a, a customer service team to go to. A lot of these companies, you don't ever talk to the CEO. So why do you think you need to know who the owner or CEO is of a small, quote unquote, mom and pop cleaning businesses? And we didn't want our personal brand to impact we said if we ever get canceled on the personal side, we need our we need our business to still be able to run. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. So so let's talk about. Um, I, I want to switch gears here because I, I want to go back to Aunt your corporate journey. Tell everybody about what you know what your corporate journey was like. Um, did you love it? Did you did you find places where it was where 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 it kind of sucked? You know what was that like? But the other thing is, is that my tribe are people who we 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 call ourselves the successfully discontent. Were you ever ever successfully discontent in your role, and what what did you do to manage that and still be productive? So I worked at my my last job I was at. Um, I was an IT director at a support company for nine nine and a half years. It's almost ten years. I came in the company. I was the youngest person in the company. We started with twenty people. By the time I left, we had upwards of over 200 people. So I came at that company at a very young age. I started the company 20 something, early 20s. And I left, you know, you know, in my 30s, essentially. So when I got to the, the point in my company where I said there's more outside of me just work, working up this corporate ladder and we started exploring other options, that's when I became kind of discontent with where I was, not at the company, just in life. So I was like, I don't want to have to be on a call with somebody that I absolutely despise just talking down to me or having just because meetings. <laughs> there was a lot of like politics during that you, COVID. It was a lot during of just COVID. And, <laughs> I told I literally told my manager, I was like, we, we've tripled the amount of meetings we have because. And he eventually came and said, I didn't know how to manage you guys remotely. So I was just having meetings just to make sure you guys were working. And I literally told my manager and said, I would never work over 40 hours a week because I'm a director and I have a team of 35 people. If I'm ever working over 40 hours, it means I don't know how to do my job. That means I'm going above and beyond when I have a team who can help me out and run, quote unquote, my side of the business. 
So yeah. when I started taking my business mindset and applying it to the job, that's where things started to become uh, uh, <laughs> started having friction. Yeah. What about you, Janelle? What about like what what when you think about like the work that you were doing? Tell everybody kind of like the work and you know what you did. But where did you become successfully discontent? I'm still at my nine to five. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am still at my nine to five. Well, um, she left for six but, months last year. Yeah, I did. I did. You know, I had the baby last year, so I took three months, and then I took um, three months of personal leave. Um, and I used to do a lot more along with my nine to five and I don't do anything else besides my nine to five and the businesses that we run. So I am still there. Um, what keeps me still there at one point, it was the fact that, uh, I worked hard for this. I paid $68,000 to get my, uh, private loan, <laughs> student loans, for my masters. Um, but then now there's no real reason why I'm still there. I'm not discontent there. I've always worked from home since we moved to Dallas. So um, I have a lot of flexibility. I'm a manager there. So, yeah, I, I'm just still at the company. No no rhyme or reason. And I'm not saying I'll be there forever, but I'm there now. 